So the apostle can have another RV. Hallelujah. And let it tell you what. It's gone. It is. It is gone. Praise the Lord. Oh, my Lordy. Yeah. Thank you, Brother Grubbs. Woo-wee. Yes. Remember, just call on in now. Remember, this Brother Charles, just come on in, call, and give your gift twenty nine ninety five. So the apostle will stop crying and have his private bus delivered to him with his face upon the side of it, just as Jesus promised. Amen. Amen. Thank you. This is old Buffalo Jim here. Time for the unpredictable part of this podcast. Here he goes. Welcome back to the Unexplainable, Unpredictable Podcast Extravaganza, Episode 3. I'm your host, Mr. Anderson. In this episode, we are going to talk about the spiritualizer and embracing your shadow. Um, We're going to dive into a bit about a book called All Together You and talk a little bit about uh, Carl Jung. And it's going to be a fun episode. Let's go check it out, guys. Thank you. 
In her book, All Together You, Jenna Ramirezma, a licensed professional counselor, dives into finding our true selves and how we could actually be playing parts and not being our true selves. And this can lead to some serious confusion and pain. And in this podcast, we're going to kind of talk about that. And why you ask? Well, because I'm kind of well, what you would call a spiritualizer, or I have been a spiritualizer. Um, Over the last couple of years of deep reflection, um, I've seen a lot of cycles in my life that I did not like. Um, And going all the way back to when I was a kid, like I said in previous episodes, I grew up in the Christian South, the Bible Belt, As I look back over my life, I truly believe there is a God and a Holy Spirit. And that comes through my experiences. I remember being baptized by my dad after I had chosen Christ um, to be my Savior. And honestly, at that age, I probably had no idea what I was actually doing. But after the baptism, I really felt different. I felt something heavy and weighty that was just kind of like eye-opening. There was like a sense of awareness that came over me and uh, before that time I really did never felt that before. It's almost like a sense of maturity and growth that happened. And that may have well just been going through almost like a ritual where you just kind of come to age as a person. Um, but even after that, I would, I would have connections and experiences at church or, uh, you know, alone, but I would still go through these cycles of just a lot of anger, low self-esteem, anxiety, and fear. And really, as I look back over my life, I dealt with a ton of depression, even as a, like, you know, middle school age up until even now, I've probably still fought a lot of depression in my life. Um, And I would go through a lot of highs, and then I would be a really good Christian kid for a few months, and then I would go back to being a... A complete jerk and full of rage and then after a few months I'd go back to the altar over and over again and I really think is what the heck is wrong with me um, I'm trying to change I'm trying to be this good person but there is some serious conflict in me um, I continued this till I was about 18 off and on I would go high and low and it would really mess with me. Um, <clears throat> so when I turned 18, around there, uh, um, I really just kind of went off the deep end. I said, screw it. And I became someone that was highly addicted to, um, I guess you could say, the party scene. But wasn't like we were going out like cool dudes, like... <laughs> partying I was just with a bunch of friends and we smoked a lot of weed and we drank a ton um but that ended very badly for me 
Um, I luckily avoided going to jail <clears throat> by the skin of my teeth. While going through that, I was still full of rage, though. So you can tell where that conflict, even when I was quote-unquote sinful and doing the ways of the world, I was still very angry. I was very confused, and it would be good for a while, but then what was inside was still trying to get out. And I really thought something was wrong with me. Um, But then, you know, of course keeping in that cycle, I went from an alcoholic to a Jesus freak again and became a revivalist. Um, But instead of dealing with what kept pushing up, I just kept getting deeper and deeper into this world of Christianity. And I was like, I finally got this sense of acceptance and a sense of, okay, people love me now. And this is what people have been expecting. And if I just keep doing this, then, you know, I'm going to be happy. And, but then I started to get burnt out very quickly after that. And I can no longer get the word from the Lord. And I started thinking again is, you know, what have I done? What sinful act have I done? Am I not praying enough? Am I not fasting enough? Am I not worshiping long enough or loud enough? All the major Christian things. And I couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Um, Needless to say we're fast forwarding to now i still feel unsettled in many ways not nearly as much as i have but there was a lot less highs and a lot less lows um a marriage helped a lot with that just kind of maturing those things and flatlining those things out but i still dealt with a ton of rage and anger and just really I never fit I never could fit in and when I was in church I would do all the things but then I would constantly get burnt out or angry um, and so in her book Altogether You she defines a spiritualizer as a coping strategy um, it its efforts are to stay spiritually true, but in the long run, it keeps us away from the deep relationship with God because we are basically trying to earn God's love and other love and acceptance through what we do. It is um, to protect an exile that feels unworthy, broken, or unseen, and these are me. I feel unworthy broken and unseen a lot of times. Um, I've always thought the more acts I could do, the more God would love me. But over the past two years, I had to learn about God's grace and that God loves me for me. And that's why Christ died. So this brings us to where we kind of are now with this book. She kind of dives into what managers are through the book. And there's a lot more to the book. And I suggest you get it. Um, but her work is very similar to me to what Carl Jung did. 
Um, and Carl Jung had this idea or this theory, it was called the shadow. And this is taken from Wikipedia page. Um, Jung stated the shadow to be the unknown dark side of the personality. According to Jung, the shadow is instinctive and irrational. It is prone to psychological projection in which a perceived personal inferiority is recognized as a perceived moral deficiency in someone else. So in other words, you can really project what you see as wrong in yourself onto others and you will say that's a moral deficiency. And if you do not recognize that, then it can be something that is pretty much fatal um, to people, to yourself. If you do not take an introspect and look and see and accept that these things are a part of you, then if you continually ignore them, they will take you over because in your mind they don't exist. And so this gives a free hand and they can realize it's objective and if it has one or bring about some other situation characteristic of its power. These projections insulate and dilute individuals by acting on a consistently thickening veil of illusion between the ego and the real world. So what does that mean to me as a Christian? Well, that means to me as a Christian that it's not just about saying a prayer and doing religious acts and religious things, that there is something deeper that must be dealt with in a proper way. And we must change because if we don't change, we have a potential for the dark side of us, our personality, the sinful side of us to take us over. But we can't, we can't ignore that. And, you know, this really reminds me of John 3.16, not just that part, but the part that continues on. We all know John 3.16, for God's love the world that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But go on down to John 19. And this is the verdict. The light has come into the world. But men love the darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever practices the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen clearly that what he has done has been accomplished in God. So this brings a conflict in us the light versus the dark the yin and the yang it is something that I think we all struggle with and it's impossible to remove those two um, the shadow is a part of who you are and learning to accept that that is a part of who you are is a part of that process and I'm slowly getting there when I'm understanding that my failures are okay, that I cannot strive and do everything for everyone and be perfect about it. 
it's impossible. It's impossible to feel all the correct emotions all the time. It's impossible to be at church every single day of the week, praise, worship, do all the family stuff, and be happy, full of joy. That's just works. That's all just works. And we're never actually getting to know ourselves. And maybe that's why I projected on other people to be to this unimaginable standard of being a Christian. And I think that's where a lot of our judgment as Christians come out to people that are not Christians. And we're really not dealing with ourselves. We're not getting the plank out of our own eye. And we are constantly looking at other people because we're saved. We said this prayer. But if you really read the teachings of Jesus, that's not the case. We are working on who we are. And we're working on this conflict inside of us that has to be reborn. Because if it's not reborn, then we're not we're not becoming new. We're not becoming better. And think about uh, Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, when he has to enter into the cave of death when he's training with Yoda. And he had to face his ultimate fears and the ultimate darkness that lived with inside of him that he had to face. But he couldn't get rid of that because that was a part of him. He had to face it. So there are parts of us that we must face, but it doesn't mean we necessarily have to kill them or get rid of them, but we have to embrace them. And I would like to read from the preface of the book, Altogether You. Um, She starts by saying, Have you ever felt that every part of who you are is truly welcome? Not just the you that does the right things, that is polite and feels positive feelings, but also the parts of you that mess up, say the wrong things, and feel lonely, afraid, and ashamed. And by welcome, I don't mean that those difficult aspects of you are tolerated until you get your act together. No, I mean accepted, received, and valued exactly as you are. The common experience of not feeling fully welcome and having to disown parts of ourselves brings untold suffering, hiding, and shame. It keeps our relationships shallow and drives our addictions and pain. It's the thing that happened, allegorically or factually, whatever you prefer, in Eden, the moment things went south, when we felt exposed and ashamed, We started sowing fig leaves to hide from each other and from God. But it's hard to find fig leaves big enough to cover all the stuff that we are ashamed of. I spent most of my early life hiding behind leaves. I wrote this book so that you could experience the same hope and grace. If you're tired of having to pretend and cover up, if if you've tried to change and failed, if you're disillusioned with your faith, of your childhood, your faith has stalled, or you're questioning faith entirely, this book is my gift to you. I want you to know that in the pages of this book, you are safe and you are welcome 
all of you, exactly as you are. Every part of you is welcome, not just tolerated, until you get your act together and stop doing and feeling bad things. As Burning Manning said, You are loved just as you are, not as you should be, because you're never going to be as you should be. And if you ask me, that's what's unpredictable. <laughs>